What's up, comic book fans? Anchor Pete here, and I have my buddy Grogu, and I also have my good friend Brian. Brian, how are you doing tonight? You're good, Pete and Grogu. <laughs> he makes a little noise, like. Anyway, um, Grogu's on our show tonight because we're going to be talking about the book of Boba Fett, episode three, which was entitled "The Streets of Mos Espa." Uh, we've been covering that show. But on this channel, we usually like to talk about media that has been adapted from existing comic books. And I say this pretty much every time we do a Star Wars property, that at this point, there's Star Wars comics, there's Star Wars movies, they just kind of cross over and blend with each other. So besides that, though, we're going to go full on comic book and we're going to be talking about the X-Men vote, which uh, you can go vote for the next X-Men on the team and voting the polls close tomorrow night, Thursday night at 11.59. I voted. So What's that? I said I voted. I voted too. I need one of those stickers, you know, and we'll hit. But um, anyway, Brian, some people are saying that this episode of Boba Fett is the worst of the all live action Star Wars shows. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I've seen some some discourse on this episode, um, and I, I I know what exactly what they mean, and I sort of feel the same way about the what feels off but i didn't hate the episode no there aren't there episodes of the mandalorian that you think are worse than this yeah i would say so yes yeah but like i was thinking about that episode of uh the mandalorian where he goes to tatooine and there's that one guy that he rides a swoop bike with he's like an up-and-coming bounty hunter do you remember that episode yes yeah that was yeah that was um that was not that great of an episode the, the whole reason why I knew that this was a disliked episode is because um, there's a YouTube channel called Eckhart's Ladder. And the guy on there um, always talks about Star Wars. He said that this was not the worst live action Star Wars episode either. And he thought that that episode of The Mandalorian with like the ice spiders, he thought that was worse too. I didn't mind that one. You didn't mind that one? No. Nah. Yeah. I remember there was like genuine fear that little Grogu over here was going to get eaten at one point. Yeah, I think – wasn't he also eating some, uh, some of that lady's eggs too then? But like he was the real monster in that episode. Yes, yes. There was true controversy with that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, um, okay, let's just go dive in full spoilers. So what, what are you talking about when you're saying you know that there are things wrong with it? Like what, what didn't you like? Okay, so I felt the um, the the – the young biker gang that he kind of goes to employ felt a little out of place. And I really think it was like solely because of their like power ranger esque motorcycles. They looked really <laughs> out of place to me. And I, I, I compared them more to the uh, neutrinos from, uh, from Ninja Turtles. Yes. Yes. Um, and like, I don't mind that there are like kind of characters in star Wars that are, you know, um, what's the best word to use for this uh you know uh, changing their bodies and adding robot parts to them or droid parts like uh, th that doesn't bother me i think that kind of fits in a way but mm -hmm. those characters uh the way they dress stood out a little bit for, for mm -hmm. the, the whole general planet and they were a little too clean and their bikes really stood out <laughs> that being said i kind of really dug the chase scene it felt like an old like movie style like ch chase scene, and I really appreciate it. Like almost, almost like, uh, and this is this is maybe a bad comparison, almost, but um, the the chase at the end of Pee Wee's Big Adventure. 
Like, I just <laughs> got a vibe out of that, and it just brought me joy. But yes. The those bikes look weird, man. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, on the Eckhart's Ladder show, he said that they were like Vespas. Those bikes, right? Yeah, they look like like Dalek Vespa kind of like looking things. Like it was just very out of place, I think. And that's fine. Uh, it, it happens. So I mean, you know, not everything's going to be a, a, a complete, you know, home run at knock out of the park. But um, it was a little jarring. Yeah. For me, because you said that their clothing looked out of place. Some of them looked like they were like cosplaying Harry Potter, I thought. Like I could have well, sworn there was one guy that had like a long gray coat on with a hood. And it, yeah, it didn't look that, like guy, that. that looked more like a Doctor Who character to me, honestly. Right, um, right. And yeah, and like the the general aesthetic of this planet is kind of like, you know, ragged and torn. And it's just... I know they have people in the cantinas that they look a lot classier and all that, but it's just, it looked weird outside. It looked out of place. Um, I don't think any, any of the, the, I mean, there were two of them that were featured a little more. Um, I don't know what their names are. I have no idea what the character names are. I'm, I imagine they're new characters. Uh, I, know. I know you know one of the actresses because I saw you tweet about it. Mm -hmm. so, I know um, one of their names. That. that is Drash. She's the girl. and She's played by Sophie Thatcher. And I've been dying to do this episode tonight because I just wanted to talk about her. I, if they ever make a Drash action figure, I will absolutely buy that. Ooh, that's that's some strong words there. Okay, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they'll probably have like one of those like Black Series Star Wars action figures. If they have one of her, I am getting that shit. If they have like a Lego Boba Fett set with her as a little Lego person, I'm getting that shit too. Uh, on my other channel, just for people that don't know. Uh, the Anchor Pete channel, me and my wife have been covering Yellow Jackets. And that's been like one of the most successful things we've covered on our channel. And uh, Yellow Jackets is a great show on Showtime. Sophie Thatcher is kind of like the standout actress on that show. But there's a ton of great actresses on there. And she's my favorite character on that show. So I was just super, super happy to see her in this. <laughs> nice. Awesome. Uh, I yeah. would love to check out that show, but I do not have Showtime. And I... I can't stomach a, another streaming service <laughs> at this moment. No, dude, I, I totally understand. Yeah. Remember, we got Disney Plus, we got HBO Max, you know, Netflix. Uh, yeah, Showtime I, I doesn't really like get enough use out of all these channels to warrant paying for all of them, uh, you know, so. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's no like comic book thing that we could cover on here that's on Showtime, right? No. Yeah. They kind of stay away from that kind of content. But um, she was kind of like the standout badass from that group. They also had that one guy who had like the augmented eye and uh you know there was an awkward moment when boba fett was like keep an eye out for him i don't know why i made boba fett just sound like an irish guy all of a sudden no it, it, it was it wasn't that far off i don't think okay okay but then he's like oh that's awkward and they said oh you know i'm i'm i like my eye or whatever the hell but um that was just one aspect of a pretty packed episode you know uh, the flashback part was very short this time around yeah and and, and you know I, I think you kind of predicted this last time that uh and, and we didn't get it yet but they're gonna keep showing flashbacks and they were, were eventually gonna see how uh he comes across fennec in the past yeah so um He's... yeah this was about on par and, and i i think we should have expected what would happen with the, the tuscan raiders 
Uh, yeah. I was I was really bummed about it, honestly. Like I I I, I, I like was really caring about those characters, even though we don't we have no idea what the hell they're saying at any point. Um, yeah. But uh, it, it just like especially that that one like really badass one that just kicked ass in that train. Like I was like, oh shit, man. Like they, they gave me these characters, they were cool. I I, I would have bought a Tusker Raider action figure of that one. You know, like you just yeah. bought a, I forgot her name already, but um, Drash. Drash, yeah. I, I would have bought a figure of, of I, I'm assuming is a her. Uh, oh, oh, that that Tuscan Raider. Okay, you're right, right, right. Well, here's the thing. Did they show that Tuscan Raider's corpse? They did. They did. Or, or was that the chief? They showed the chief. I know the they chief? showed the okay. chief. I didn't think they showed the little kid Tuscan Raider either. No, that would be too depressing. Oh, uh, man. That was rough. But didn't you kind of feel like that sequence was very like anticlimactic or like very abrupt considering how much they focused on them in the first few episodes yeah uh i i think i would more so say rushed but i yeah. i get the I, I get why they did it um i guess they're setting up the you know more of a history with the pikes um although i'm not sold that the pikes are the the villain here like the main yeah. villain um but yeah I, they, they spent they got us in, a little too invested in those characters, and they killed it. They fridged them. Honestly, yeah. they fridged them. Right, and, right. Uh, it's a little disappointing. I, I get it. It's a short show. They need to keep it keep it rolling. But, um, yeah, with the amount of time they spent with them in these the previous two episodes, which were more time than we got in the present, uh, it was a little disappointing to see them all dead, dead already. Yeah. Well, you say it's a short show. Do Have they announced how many episodes yet? I feel like they have it. Those seven. I could okay, be wrong. Okay. Uh, okay. I'm going to Google this right now. Okay, you Google it, and then I will um, talk about the uh, Pike people because I feel like they are going to do something to Boba Fett. I feel like they are the main big bad of the show now, and they are going. No. Oh, okay. All right. Never mind. Sorry. There, there's not. There, they haven't shown any of them that have enough charisma to be a villain a main villain okay. um like they uh black chrysanthemum is was more charismatic and, and would fit better even though he's not because he he, he might even be off the show now we for all we know but right uh, the, no one has stood out enough for them to be a worthwhile main villain they, they all they all look too much the same and, uh, you know, I mean, he did talk to one in the past this time. Uh, yeah. It seemed like he would have had some kind of prominence, but that was in the past. It has nothing to do with uh, what the, the ones he's running to uh, today. So I, I, I can't see them. I, I think this is a, this is a, a swordsman uh, red herring here. Okay. All right. Well, they are all made by Disney at this point. So, yeah, I see that. <laughs> um, I, I There was one part where – Someone, I can't remember this because I have my notes, right? And yes. I know that one alien wrote something, write something. One alien said something uh, to Boba Fett, and it was maybe one of those Pike guys, but it was in another language. And it sounded like he said, Watch your asshole. And I, and I have it as one of my notes. It says, Watch your asshole. And I was like, What, what is this? And I got a little worried there. I was like, Is this memento? Am I trying to warn myself of something? You know? But I just remember oh, looking, like, watching this in the morning. Before I went to work, and it was like one of the ones, like, watch your asshole. Like, what did you just say? So, I, I don't know how you follow that up, by the way, but. Um, I don't either. <laughs> so, okay. 
this episode's super jam-packed, though, and so let's talk about um, this point I wanted to make about the Pike Syndicate, though. Okay. So you're saying that they're not the main bad guys. That's fine. And you know what? I, I really agree with your point. There's not like a charismatic single one of them. Very yeah. good point. I think you're right. I think what they have to explain on the show is why does Boba Fett have to go into this back to tank? Because I, I keep kind of referencing um, the Eckhart's Ladder channel. Another channel I go to quite often is Star Wars Explained. And they were saying how a lot of viewers are like, well, how come Boba Fett's this badass that's beating up all these guys in the uh, bar, right, in Tashi Station, and yet he has to go into a back to tank. And in the present day, he seems kind of awkward and weak too. So like something happens to him between what happened in the past on this episode and the present day. And it's like, what happened to him? Yeah. I think we've been speculating that for the past episodes as well. I think uh, I mentioned before that it, it might be something to do with just the fact that he's a clone. Maybe he's deteriorating or something, but like you're that. right. Maybe they're setting up something that happened to him in, in between in the past that's causing this, but um, something's definitely up. They definitely need to address it. And uh, I, I still disagree about the Pikes being the main villain. Um, and I think we're going to get like, uh, a, you know, a reveal in the second to last episode where, and then it's resolved uh, kind of in the, in the end there, which I, I don't think is a great scheme, but I, I feel like they're hiding it and um, it's going to be a quick turnaround. And by the way, it is seven episodes and the show, uh, the last episode will be on February 9th. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for clarifying that. Like I, Personally, I would really love if your theory is true that it's like it has something to do with him being a clone and he's going to kind of like degenerate or something. They have been showing like clone Boba Fett on Camino. Like this is the second time they've shown it now. And so I think referencing that, obviously there's some kind of issues with his dad and his heritage because it's a scene of his dad flying away. They've shown twice now. Yeah. Um, but... Yeah, I really like the idea of, like, he's a clone and he's, like, breaking down. Otherwise, like, the only other thing I can think of is that maybe there's something that, like, they got into his system and it's, like, poisoning him and he needs to go into a back down. I'm not sure, though. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, he definitely does seem weaker, although he, he fought pretty well this this week, especially for the circumstances. Yeah, yeah. He used the jetpack. He, he flew down at the very end. And, of course, there's that fucking awesome battle between him and Black Chrysanthemum. Yes, that was that was a highlight of the episode for me. That was awesome. Just him coming out of nowhere, just you know, grab grabbing him by the throat, and that was just like a it, it was like a, almost like a wrestling match, honestly. Um, yep. You know, but it was great. Yeah. Um, Star Wars explained because I need to give credit where credits due. The, the guy pointed out that Boba goes to use his like Boba Fett gadgets, and he's not successful fighting Black Chrysanthemum, and he gets out that gaffy stick. And he's able to hurt Black Chrysanthemum. So it's kind of like his father's legacy that he inherited. Because essentially he's a clone of his father. And he's you know following his father's footsteps. That's not working for him. This new Tuscan identity is working for him. So I think that that is a, a big part of the show. Yeah. So I wonder if he'll like ditch the armor by the end of the show. and just. I know. I know. And I, I really do think that that might be the case. Because then they can sort of separate... Mm -hmm the Mandalorian from Boba Fett, you know? So it's like two very distinct characters. Yeah. You know? Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. So we have that awesome battle with Black Chrysanthemum. He falls into the Rancor pit. And then were you happy to see Danny Trejo in this? Yes. I was like, it's Danny Trejo. I mean, you can't, 
you can't not see Danny Trejo and get excited. But um, I think something's up there too. What with what? The scene, the scene with the rancor. Yeah, seemed like like there was like a little. They, they kind of lingered, and Danny Trejo says something like, "Oh, he'll be back" or something. I feel like that whole story he gave him might have been a lie. Okay. And uh, about how the the rancor is in print and they're very gentle and whatever and. I don't know. Um, I, I think there's two ways to look at it. Uh, so the the Hutt twins, they come after sending Black Crescent to, to, to assassinate Boba Fett. The very next morning, they come and say, oh, sorry about that. My bad. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't seem right. So they're either hinting at the, the larger uh, villain here, and it's legit, or they're just trying to pull a fast one on Boba Fett. And, you yeah. know, they're they, – make them think that the real threat was Chrysanthemum and, you know, and, but the real threat may be the, the Rancor that is probably trained and is probably about to bite his head off, but he gets <laughs> pulled away. So I'm literally thinking that they may have had a plan to catch him off guard and have the Rancor eat it, eat him. Yeah. Okay. Something I, I seems really of off about that. And I, I just can't, I can't see Danny Trejo being in this show long-term to train a Rancor. <laughs> yeah yeah i mean i don't know to me it kind of feels like a lot of this show is they're just starting to like build up a whole big supporting cast that you know it's going to be like the next generation of like jabba's palace people because like essentially all the background stuff whether it's like the moss Eisley stuff in, in a new hope and then the bounty hunter stuff in empire and then the Jabba palace stuff that's all kind of always kind of bled over together and it's this big pool of characters that they always pull, pull from you know, you have bosk and dengar and forlom and zuckus all those characters um i mean those are all the bounty hunters but there's, there's even other characters too um but maybe they're just trying to beef that up because that is one aspect of the sequel trilogy that's pretty lacking right i mean they, they do show some like underworld shit in the sequel trilogy but there isn't like a main underworld person like you have like han solo and there's the main underworld villain like you have jabba the hut in the sequels right yeah i can agree with that yeah so i feel like maybe it, it could be like you might be a hundred percent on the money and like danny trejo's there to have more of a character and he might be part of a sinister plot but it could also just be like well now we have this other guy that we can stick into these comics and we can stick him into a book and you know, we could do all these little spin-offs. Like we'd have an, a novel about Danny Trejo and a Ranko. Rank Wow, a Ranko. <laughs> Danny Trejo and a Rancor. There we go. You know? Uh, um, I think we should name the Rancor or Ranko now. <laughs> oh my god, that'd be awesome. Get him Rancor. You know, I legitimately was excited to see Danny, Danny Trejo because I don't know. I, I just I, I think most people can agree that Danny Trejo is cool. Um, oh yeah. But at the same time, uh, and I mentioned this last week in a different light, um, you know, it's it's on one hand, it's really cool to see all these like big stars that want a piece of Star Wars because there's it's so revered, and yeah. you know, it, it kind of masks the um, the importance of the roles they play sometimes because sometimes it's just a cameo, and right. sometimes it's not. But um, I think Danny Trejo stands out. Um, yeah. Like it seems like stunt casting more so and it seems out of place Danny Trejo almost took me out of it a little bit because he's so recognizable and he's just um he's got you know his own vibe to him so I, I think 
it actually took me out a little bit. As much as I love Danny Trejo. <laughs> I mean, yes. So I, I totally understand. It's kind of like um, in Game of Thrones, that guy, uh, the fuck is that like redheaded singer guy? Ed Sheeran. Ed Sheeran, yeah. When he yeah. showed up in Game of Thrones, I was like, that, that threw me off too, you know? Wait, wait, hold on. Wait, 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 wait. Did you see, uh, did you watch that Netflix movie Red Notice? I Red did Notice not. With, um, the, 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 so... Ed Sheeran makes an appearance. I, I I believe it's this movie. Ed Sheeran makes an appearance in that movie, and they're kind of like like some soldiers are roughing around. But he says, "I was on Game of Thrones." Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So apparently, that, that movie's pretty meta, right? And then I'm sure Ryan Reynolds is making jokes left and right. I, I don't know who's that meta. It was okay. It, it, it was, was okay. Yeah. Yeah, but it's like the highest grossing Netflix or the highest viewed Netflix movie, right? Yeah, I, I mean, the names that are attached to that are insane. And, you know, alone people would go see a movie with those people in it just by their name alone, which I think is a rare quality these days. But honestly, it was just a little too drawn out. And uh, I, it was okay. It was just okay. It wasn't terrible, but it wasn't like deserving of, of the title of most viewed thing or whatever you want, whatever they gave it. They didn't really give us numbers, you know? They just said, oh, yes, the thing most people watched. <laughs> but how many people, you know? Right. Good point. Um, you know, if you think about it, it's got like Wonder Woman, Deadpool, and Black Adam, right? Yeah. Would you read a comic of that? Yeah, absolutely. That would be pretty fucking awesome. Although, I, I got to say, though, oh, I got to say that, you know, the idea of, of the number of people that watch something, I think this is the better way of uh, of determining like, six, like box office success. You know, like, I'd rather see the number of people that saw a movie than the amount of money it made. Mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. I think it's a better general um, scale, but it may seem as more the uh, the box office the dollars are probably more ambiguous in terms of success because, you know, the number of yeah. people that saw it may be a lot lower than you think. Right. I, I get you. Yeah, right. Because, like, some theaters, it's, like, 14 bucks for a ticket. Other theaters, it's cheaper. I get yeah. it. And like, it's easier to manipulate the dollar sign because it's, it's ambiguous than rather than a, a hard number of who watched it. Right. That's a really, it's a really good point. You, you know, I'm, I'm kind of obsessed with the amount of views and stuff that things get like our videos and podcasts and stuff like that. And I actually, speaking of the rock, I just started a TikTok uh, account just to try to plug our shows and stuff, right? This show and last cast anchor Pete. And that's really scary because that tells you right away, like, you have this many views right now. You have this many views right now. And um, it's weird because like with YouTube and, and that, some things just like blow up and then other things like get no views whatsoever. And it's it's always hard to be like, well, what's working? What what are people into? And See, I, um, I think that, that, that aspect of all this is just terrifying to me. I think that's going to just like destroy the, the psyches of young people in some degree, uh, degree, at least. It's destroyed the psyche of this 39-year-old man, <laughs> you know? <laughs> But I will say, because we're just on fucking Tangent City right now, I will say just for fun, if you ever got one of these accounts, man, you'd love it because once you start clicking on things that you're interested in, it just keeps feeding you, stuff like that. Yeah. And they have like all these channels where people just make custom Transformers and they like, you know, pose like Ninja Turtle toys in certain ways. Like it's just all kind of cool toy stuff. That's the stuff I'm always scrolling through. Like this one dude – 
I, I okay. feel like we're not even talking about Boba Fett. Who gives a shit at this point, right? But like this one dude took the cartridge for the NES Ninja Turtles game. He like carved it out and then he made a Ninja Turtle sculpture of like Raphael, like kicking his way out of the cartridge. Oh, nice. Awesome. It was, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I, I, I appreciate the, the pitch here, but I just barely joined Instagram like a month ago. So yeah. Or a month or two ago. So I don't think I'm going to be getting on TikTok anytime soon. <laughs> okay. If I see cool TikToks or whatever the fuck you even call them. Yeah, send them uh, to I, me though. I'll watch them. I, exactly, exactly. All right. So let's let's keep talking about the content though. So we got the yeah. Rancor. We got Danny Trejo. I think you made a very good point about Danny Trejo sort of being like taking you out of it. Um, and, and the same thing with um, with earlier on, uh, Stephen Root. Um, Milton from the office. <laughs> from, uh, oh, my, I office, office the space. Office, office space. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he tried to inject a little comedy into the show, but I felt like, like, oh, that's Milton. Like, that's not a Star Wars. That's Milton, you know? Right. Um, right. So it took me out a little bit. Both both of them, a little more so than usual, I guess. Um, yeah. It's, it's uh, like I said, I appreciate these people want to be part of the show. I really yeah. do. But um, maybe we need to do a little bit less of that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I agree. A little less cameos. I agree. Yeah, because... Uh, I thought of him from Office Space, and then he's also Fuchs in the show Barry, which I watched too. And that's right. like, oh, it's that guy. Um, I'm just trying to think of what else there is from this episode that stood out. I think that we kind of covered every point, right? Um, yeah, we covered the fight. We covered the. Um, the well, we we didn't really cover what if we have any ideas about what what's going on here. I mean, I mean do you really feel the Pikes are the villain? I think that like the syndicate stuff is maybe the main thing, like especially if you read the Star Wars comics, they definitely make it seem like the syndicates are a bigger deal than you would think. Like in the old Legends canon, they had this one crossover event called Shadows of the Empire. You played the game of that, right? Yeah, of course. And they really played up this one syndicate called Black Sun. Um, and then in modern Star Wars with like the Clone Wars cartoon and things like that, they've played up like these other syndicates, including the Pike syndicate. And I think that they haven't really gotten live action exposure. And so I think, I mean, besides in solo. So I think that they're just kind of trying to wedge that in there. So, um, I mean, you know, I think that that might be the, the, the issue there. I don't know, like what would be like a satisfying battle with, between Boba Fett and them at the end. Cause you are right. There isn't like a standout, pike guy but maybe like they will hire some badass people maybe they'll even hire some bounty hunters that we've seen before like zuckus or ig88 right and they'll go to fight boba fett and he's going to come out with a rancor and you know he's going to attack them who knows that could yeah that could work yeah and i and we kind of guessed this earlier on uh and i don't remember if it was last week or the week before but i mean what if it's Crimson Dawn. Yeah. And what if, what if uh, Amelia Clark shows up? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's still completely on the table. I think that's definitely possible. I think that it's maybe more likely that like what I said might happen where like they hire some big bad to come attack him at Jabba's palace and then he fights them off. And then at the very end, like Amelia Clark is like an end credit scene or something like that. That's that's kind of what I'm thinking. That's where I'm leaning more towards. So, I mean, if if she's an end credit scene, I mean, does this get a season two? I mean, the way I feel like they're they're 
although half the show feels like 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 I, I agree with you that it feels like they're setting up a lot of these like side characters just to to exist in this planet. Um, yeah, I'm not like totally sold that this isn't a limited series. So you think there's gonna be like a season two and stuff? No, I'm thinking this. I, I mean, I, I'm I'm not convinced that this isn't a limited series. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, he could even die at the very end of this, right? Because, like, the character of Boba Fett, it's almost like the Mandalorian has kind of replaced him as that cool guy in the armor that has all these gadgets and doesn't talk much. Yeah. You know, he's kind of replaced Boba Fett. And so you could just kind of write Boba Fett off. And this could be sort of like a redemption kind of story for him. Um, yeah, I... I know that they wanted to eventually kind of Marvel style, take all these live action shows and cross them over. I, I still think that maybe that might have something to do with like Grand Admiral Thrawn and it might not be connected to this at all. But um, I think that the syndicates, or particularly um, Red Dawn, right? Is it, what, what is it called? It's not Red Crimson Dawn, Dawn, is it? Crimson Dawn, yeah. Red Dawn is like with Patrick Swayze and shit, yeah. right? <laughs> um, but uh, I think that's the easiest way to like kind of connect them if you want to use that. But I, I don't know. It It's still, it's kind of ambiguous as to what the issue is. You know, like what yeah. the main thing is. So. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I've enjoyed all these Star Wars shows so far. The Mandalorian's first two seasons and this. And it actually makes me want to watch The Bad Batch. And it makes me want to watch Clone Wars too. So. Yeah. I, I think they're uh, doing a good job. I would job. love to watch those. Um, it, it, it's just sometimes it feels daunting to see a show that's seven seasons long and especially you know these these shows are cartoons and sometimes they still go by the like the old school like 22 26 episode kind of things yeah and so it's a lot to to look at you know yeah pepper and i once sat down and watched a random clone wars episode because i thought it'd be a good starting point it was like focused on padme yeah. but it was like really fucking boring uh, it was about like <laughs> it was about like kids getting like bad school lunches and like being poisoned that, that was the plot you okay. know and, and and like half the episode was padme going around like saying like we have to work on the standards for food distribution you know and i'm like oh my god this is a kid's show like this is so fucking boring okay maybe i won't give that a shot then <laughs> so, i bet you can kind of go on a website and they can tell you like you can skip this episode you can skip this episode for Clone Wars. And the um, worst episode of Clone Wars is the lunchroom episode. It, dude, it was really bad, man. It was rough. Okay. But it, it definitely turned Pepper off. She's not watching that anymore. Um, okay. But anyway, I think that's pretty much it for Boba Fett for tonight. Unless you have anything yep. else you want to add? Okay. So let's go into the X-Men vote. Now, um, if people aren't familiar with me and Brian, Brian is a tremendous X-Men fan. I'm a tremendous X-Men fan, too. We, we pretty much always bond over X-Men, Batman, and Transformers. Yeah. And I think, it, it actually, I, I think it did that in totally wrong order. It's like Transformers first, then X-Men, then Batman. Well, I would say first it was X-Men for, for us, mm -hmm. I would say. Um, yeah. But as you, I mean, if you if you can't tell them obsessed with Transformers, you know, you, you yes. have to look behind me. <laughs> yes, yes. So, um, and, and once they have some good Transformers content to talk about, role on it on this channel yeah but for now with the x-men this is actually one of the biggest things that they've had um since 
Jonathan Hickman took over and, you know, rebooted the whole franchise. Like the last time they did a vote, they got a huge response and they're getting a huge response with this too. Yeah. And it so, seems like they want to make it a yearly thing too. Yeah. 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 So um, let's just talk about who were the nominees last year and um, who won. So um, I'm just going to go with this idea that you guys know your general X-Men knowledge and maybe me and Brian can kind of elaborate on some of the more obscure people. But last year's 2021 candidates were Polaris, uh, Banshee, Sunspot, Forge, Tempo, Armor, Boom Boom, Marrow, Cannonball, and Strong Guy. And a lot of those characters are characters that are from like the 80s and early 90s. And that's kind of when Brian and I really got into comics was the early 90s. When yeah. we were just like starting to become teenagers and go to middle school and stuff, you know. So out of that original team, Brian, which character do you like the most? Um, I, I mean, out of those 10. We're out of the, out of the, the 2021 batch yeah yeah um i i actually i did vote for polaris um i for me it was almost like a no-brainer i think um she i I mean i was never as much into new mutants and x-force as probably you were Um, right so to me that was the easiest choice to make there and i felt like it was like a no-brainer that she was going to win yeah um did you Um, feel the same way or uh, I wasn't sure because I didn't know the makeup of the rest of the team. I did research this time around to see who's on the current team. So they, didn't really think- tell, they didn't tell you who's going to be on the team uh, fully before the, before the vote. So I, I had the same thought. I, remember we, I think we even talked about this. Is like, how do you pick one if you don't know who's on the team? Right. Right, because that's what's the most exciting thing, right? Because if you have a team, there's certain X-Men characters that have established relationships with each other. And you can have a lot of drama. You can have some like sexual tension. You could you have X Men characters that want to like literally kill each other too. Yeah. Right. And Especially so now, um, because literally everyone's on Krakoa. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And there's a whole lot of banging going on there. But um, <laughs> with that previous team and this team, there is like definitely um, the like callbacks to X Factor. And so on that previous team. Like you said, you weren't into X Force or New Mutants as much, but like Strong Guy and Polaris, they were on this one X Factor team that Peter David yeah. created, and that was a comic that I just followed like almost the entire run of, and that had like uh, Cyclops' brother Havoc was on it, and he had a relationship with Polaris, um, and they were just written so well those characters, so. It makes sense that you picked Polaris, and then also like she's she's Magneto's daughter, right? Yeah, like yeah. actual biological daughter, so not not retconned or anything like Wanda and Pietro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Polaris ended up being on the team. I think that was a good choice. Um, I think like the most random people on the team are uh, or on that list were like Marrow and Tempo, probably right. Yes, um, I I didn't even know who Tempo was at the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's, there's one person on the list for this year that I had no idea who they were either. Cool. Okay, well, we can go over them in a second, too. Marrow, just so people know, and, and I can tell you, too. Marrow, I mean, not Marrow, Tempo. Tempo, sorry. Um, Tempo was one of the members of the Mutant Liberation Front. 
And her power is that she can like slow people down or speed them up. Okay. So, so that was like real helpful when she was like fighting like Quicksilver, for instance, right? Yeah. So I, like, I, uh, when I first read the name, I thought they were talking about um, uh, the around the Bendis era of X Men. Uh, I think it was the Uncanny book. There was a, a like a younger girl um, who is now one of the five that, that is part of the Resurrection Protocol. Uh, yeah. I thought they were talking about her. But no, I, I I can't. I still don't remember her name now, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think like the less references that Bendis era of X Men, the better, right? Yeah, I agree. And yeah, and Gold Balls. I think he's one of the members of that five too, right? Yeah, Gold Balls is yes. <laughs> yes. So I'm going to go through the list, and then I'm going to talk about um, where they currently stand as far as like who's in the lead and stuff. Okay. Okay. So right off the bat, and then why don't you tell me your two cents about each one, okay? Sure. So for the first person, it's Armor, okay? And she's um, in second place right now with the votes. Oh, I didn't know you could see, like, live results. That's interesting. Um, yeah. Yeah, uh, Armor, I felt, is, uh, she first popped up in, in Joss Whedon's run, right? That's right. Uh, I feel like she's she's been around in a lot of teams. Uh, I think they even added her in the, uh, the, the X-Men anime. Like she was, oh, a yeah, part yeah, of that. yeah. Um, and it was, I, I did not vote for her because I feel okay. like she's gotten enough attention enough, and she hasn't caught on enough. Uh, yeah, to, like she's had an, enough shots, I think. You know, I, yeah, I, I do like the character. I, I like her power set. Um, she was, she was more recently on, on the, you know, on some adventures with the New Mutants book. Um, yeah. So yeah, but she, she's been around and she, she's seen it in places. So I, I don't necessarily think that she needs to get voted up to the main team again because she was okay. on the main team. All right. I like that. So um, one thing about Armor, too, that I feel like stands out is that, like, kind of every generation there is a young girl that becomes Wolverine's sidekick. And so, like, Kitty Pride was his sidekick at first, then Jubilee in the 90s. And then I think Armor became his sidekick during that Joss Whedon run, you know? Yeah. And then she was kind of quickly replaced by um... – Oh my God! What was her name? In Wolverine and the X Men. What are you talking about? The girl Wolverine? No, 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 no. Not not X Two Three. Word Laura, whatever. Um, yeah. Something. I'll I'll look it up. <laughs> you look it up. I'm gonna respond to this comment real quick too. Yeah. It's from Adit. Adit has been with us since the very beginning. Question, Pete, did you see the season two premiere of Superman and Lois or season premiere of Naomi? Both interesting and off to a good start. Adit, I actually never finished the first season of Superman and Lois. Um, I used to make those videos with my daughter and she lost interest in the show. Um, I, I would try to like to coax her into it. Right now, Pepper is into like uh, Stranger Things and she really loves Cobra Kai. If I can get her back into Lois and uh, Superman and Lois, I'll do a video with her on here. Naomi, uh, if you were on this part, uh, Adit, we were talking about Brian Michael Bendis and when he wrote the X-Men. Naomi actually wrote, um, not Naomi, Bendis actually wrote a DC comic called Naomi, and that's what the show is based on. So uh, I've read that comic, and it's kind of interesting, too. Um, but I'll, I'll check him out, man, and maybe I'll make some videos on this channel. But I appreciate the comment. Brian, did you look up the... Can't no. Okay. No, right, we can move forward. forward. And I'm, I'm coming up with the, the cartoon, not the comic. Oh, okay. Well, well, maybe it'll come to you as we go through these the other characters. So Avalanche. 
the only time I really know Avalanche is from the animated X-Men series in the 90s, right? Yeah. He's just kind of like a mutant liberation, not mutant liberation friend, brotherhood of evil mutants kind of guy. I think there's a couple of funny moments in the series where they kind of, the X-Men mess him up. He is currently uh, in eighth place in this ranking. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah, he, he's he's normally a, a kind of a more uh, background filler villain for to fill out the brotherhood. But uh, yeah, yeah, he's appeared in a lot of the animated series. He was in... He was in the 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 ninety two series. He was in X Men Evolution. He was in Wolverine and the X Men too. Yeah. So. Yeah, some guys they just kind of like throwing in, um, just like in Transformers, where there's just like these little side guys that are never like the main person, but they're always kind of filling in the lineup. Yeah, um, but like about with Avalanche, I, I know nothing about his personality. You know, so it's hard to to pick uh, someone based on that. Yeah, I, for me personally, I think like picking a guy like Avalanche is a good idea because it's cool to have like these former villains being on the main team. It's cool to take these characters that are not as well known and like fleshing them out. I mean, that's essentially what they did with Emma Frost, right? Emma Frost was a villain for the longest time. They brought her around for Generation X in the 90s and she was a teacher. And then she really made a big splash with Grant Morrison's X-Men. And I feel like that's, you should do that more often where you flesh out these kind of villainous characters. More. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And you reminded me too of uh, of the, the short time period where Juggernaut was on the X-Men. And I actually really enjoyed that. Yeah. I mean, fucking Sabretooth has been on the X-Men too. And they can make that work sometimes too. So, Well, that was with that whole Axis thing. So that was a little, little wonky. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That is, yeah. Uh, Adit, one more thing. He said, also in Book of Boba Fett, did he select diverse teenagers with attitude? He did. And I think Brian made a really good point comparing them to the neutrinos from the Ninja Turtles cartoon. So, yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, next one up is Bling. She's from uh, an, the new X-Men comic. Not Grant Morrison's new X-Men, but they did new X-Men again later on with a whole new class. And uh, Bling was one of those teams. She was on that team. I think she was in Wolverine's school for Wolverine yeah. the X-Men too. Um, and so she's currently in ninth place okay. for this. Yeah. Um, so oh, I, I like Adit's quote here though. I got to say this one. I did read a lot of Brian Michael Bendis's comics. It quickly goes from pretty interesting to absolute shit in a matter of seconds. His Superman run is horrible. I, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I've said this before, but Bendis lost me when he, when he ran the X office for a while and, um, uh, and the young X-Men, like after that, I, I just kind of lost all respect. Like his classic stuff. His, uh, his his Daredevil alias oh. powers. Yeah, um, this I'm probably forgetting something really huge, but like that stuff is some of the uh, I, Ultimate Spider-Man. Oh my god, that was yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, some You're of the better. best comics I've read, honestly. Like they were great, yes. and you know he had a great time in the sun, but um, he's definitely fallen off uh, these days. Yeah. So thanks to the again. Uh, the next person is the number one choice currently. This is the person that's in the lead. We have uh, Firestar, Angelica Jones. Most people remember her from Spider-Man and his amazing friends. That's the main connection people make with her. Um, how do you feel about her being number one? Uh, I think it's an interesting choice because she has not really appeared. Oh, um, she hasn't been to Krakoa yet. So mm -hmm. she's kind of not on board necessarily. Right. But I think it is an interesting choice. Um, I, I 
she has not appeared very often uh, in, in recent years. Like I, I do remember her. I think she actually was a teacher in Wolverine and the X-Men for like in I the background so. for an issue or two. Yeah. Um, but it, it, I'm, I'm okay with that if that's the choice. Yeah. I think um, there was like an Avengers event that was really fucking awesome. It was like called like Avengers No Surrender. There's a couple of like Avengers miniseries that like Jim Zub and Al Ewing and Mark Wade all wrote together. And it was like a weekly book. And yeah. she was in that. And I thought she was really good. Um, but otherwise, I haven't really seen her in comics. So I, I just feel like she is the kind of the easy choice. I think that just by default, I think people will pick female characters just because it's it seems like the most forward thinking to not pick a male character um the x-men have probably some of the best female characters in comics at all yeah, totally agree but there, i think it's yeah. just like a, almost like a knee-jerk thing to be like oh let's get a girl on there um and i, I don't know if it like necessarily lends itself to the story potential as much with her I guess since she's more of a blank slate, there might be more you could do with her. I don't know. Um, I, I think the, the one thing that, that I, I have a concern about about with picking her is that she she's the least X-Men related character on this list, I think. Like, yeah. I, I feel like she's more associated with Spider-Man because of that cartoon. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, like, I didn't even know she was a mutant until, you know, the 2000s, you know? Right, right. She, she disappeared from, from books many times you know oh, yeah. and uh and you know she's reappeared more recently but like i said i don't think she's like in the whole cocoa thing yet so that's the most interesting kind of take on it so far uh, with king Arrow's number one yeah and, and just a little side tangent too going off of that i think it's really interesting that like essentially what the fans say is going to influence jerry duggan writing this book right because mm -hmm. these characters are all very different from each other and so that's really going to affect the direction of his whole arc, right? Yeah, unless unless the this character is going to have a lesser role in the team or a or a predetermined spot, uh, like like oh, there's a traitor on the team, or this person dies, or like I'm not saying that those things will happen, but just some kind of uh, thing will happen to them rather than them really affecting the plot. You know, they'll be affected by the plot, right? Yeah, yeah. So. Um, that's Firestar, and then the next one is Gentle, and Gentle is number five as far as in the running right now. Um, he's from Wakanda, which makes him really interesting. He was in something recently where I was like, oh, I like their use of him. I think it might have been X-Men X -Men Red. Red. Yeah. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. So what, 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 did you like him in that? Yeah, I think it was an interesting character. I believe he was created for that series. Uh, I don't, um, maybe not. No, he was not. Sorry. Um, that was the first time I really ever noticed the character. Uh, he was interesting. He didn't really steal the show for me, but I would have, I'm, I'm interested enough to know more. He was a bit more of a pacifist. I guess an yeah. interesting take to have uh, on a team. Um, kind of reminded me of Zorn a little bit. Yeah. So um, that, that that wouldn't be a bad choice. Manifold is a mutant too, right? From Hickman, like from his Avengers yes i think so and he's from wakanda too i think anytime no, you take I'm from wakanda he's from like isn't he from like australia or new zealand or something oh um or am i thinking somebody well, else one, you're, you're probably right because there's this one guy who's like his mentor who is the the little guy you know who i'm talking about little guy no the, 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 little, the little naked guy that that's like his mentor 
the little that's from X Men comics. No, I don't remember that. Yeah, he like kind of spins a little. <clears throat> I don't know. I'll, I'll fucking remember. His name's like Gateway or something or, or something. Gateway. Like okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Here is to me, I think one of the most interesting choices. Gorgon. He's ranked number six. Uh, his premiere was in Wolverine Enemy of the State, which was written by Mark Miller, which Mark Miller had a lot of these big, like, in-your-face, over-the-top comics in the 2000s that became major movies and stuff, too, like Civil wait, War. Wait. and Gorgon is, is that recent? Yes, yes. Wow. Gorgon. He like was more like uh, way earlier, like Wolverine Solo, Solo books. I mean, maybe he is, but I'm pretty sure he shows up for the first time in that Mark Miller. I, I mean, then again, I, 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 you know, when we're talking about uh, Black Widow, you know, however long ago, I, I thought Yelena was a lot older of a character as well. So could yeah. mean that I'm getting old and I'm crazy. <laughs> yeah, but but Gorgon is this great example of this is a straight up villain. Uh, his power is pretty cool. It's like Medusa. He can turn people to stone. He's a swordsman. I think he had a pretty big part in that sort of X uh, crossover. Yes, uh, and, and he kind of had a little bit of a falling out. He was a captain on Krakoa, and I know they they uh, excommunicated him. I still have not finished uh, X of Swords, so okay. <laughs> I haven't even gotten up to it, so you know I'm a little behind with all this. All right, we're up to number ten, and I'm going to just go into spoilers at this point. Oh, uh, I'm sorry. Ten. Wait, wait. What rank was Gorgon in? Oh, I'm sorry. Gorgon was six. Six. Okay. And when I say number 10, I mean this guy is in 10th place right now, this next guy. This next guy totally is my choice. This is who I picked for my vote. My girl, Max. One, I don't know who it is. <laughs> right. And, and the thing is, right, th this dude, I think I've seen him. I've definitely seen him in some panels. So there was a part when, uh, just for you guys that might not be super familiar with X-Men, where almost all the mutants lost their powers. and There was only 198 that still had their powers, thanks to Scarlet Witch. And no more mutants, which that's a Bendis thing too. Um, but there was like this group called O-N-E that essentially was like protecting mutants, but they were kind of like imprisoning them too. It was like a sort of a dark way of protecting them. And uh, he was a former mutant that joined that group. And so he has like kind of Ant-Man powers, but he's a mutant. So he can like shrink, he can get really big. And he was also a member of MI-13, which that is, I, I really loved all the kind of British superhero stuff with like Captain Britain and um, I think, uh, what's this guy's name? Like Peter Quinn, Peter I think. It's, it's almost like Peter Quill. Pete Wisdom. Pete Wisdom. That's, that's him. Yes. Right. I just, I love all that shit with that team too. So he was on that team. Yeah. So um, yeah, that's why he got my vote. Interesting. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah, I this, this was the character that I knew, I knew the least about. I had to look him up. I I, I didn't. He's had very few appearances in comics, uh, and really outside of the story you mentioned and you know the original Excalibur run, um, it's not done very much. So uh, it, it sounds like an interesting choice, but at the same time, I knew nothing about it. So yeah, it, it's just I feel like the the less you know about a character, the more they can kind of flesh him out and do interesting things. So. That's, I just sure. thought it's like, come on, give this guy that hasn't as much exposure. And he's got Ant-Man powers. I just think that's cool for X-Men team, you know? Yeah. All right. The next one, is this the one you voted for? Penance. I thought, now, I didn't vote for Penance, but I thought you were going to vote for Penance because I know you're a big fan of Monet. So That's right. Um, that's right. I, I think she, um, 
is she leading? Is she what? Oh, no, no. Who who's leading the, the vote again? First place is Firestar. Penance oh, is in right. third okay. place. She's in third place. Um, yeah, I um I, I considered her uh, strongly because she's a very interesting character. She doesn't get uh, much in the spotlight, and I would like to see more of her. Um, yeah, but I, I that's not how I voted for. Have we said the person you voted for yet? No. Okay. I think the person that you voted for then well, is there the only next one person. left. No, there's oh, two, two left. left. There's two. Two left. Right. So I mean, just by default, I could get easily guess which one is yours, but I'm pretty sure the next one is the one you voted for. In seventh place is Siren. What? No. Uh, I, I like Siren. Um, you know, I, I'm a big fan of um, the later Peter David X Factor, X Factor Investigations, which Siren was a part of. Yeah. Um, but uh, no, I did not pick Siren. Holy shit. Okay. The last person on the list that you picked? I so the last person I, on the list is, is Surge. Surge, yes, I picked Surge. I um I remember I, I wrote off that new X-Men series with the with the younger academy for a really long time. Mm-hmm. Um and then one day I picked picked up an issue and I was like really into it. And I really mm-hmm. liked it. And I thought some of the characters were cool. And Surge kind of stood out to me. And I always wanted to see more of her, but she didn't really appear very much anymore. So it's a character I always liked. I I think uh, I would like to see more of. And I don't know. It's, it's a cool power set. And I'm a sucker for blue hair. <laughs> okay, so let me ask you this. Um, the new X-Men team that I'm thinking of, right? It's got like Bling and her. Then it's got like Rock Slide. Right. Yep. And dust. Um. Oh, or dust on another team. Really... It's got no, I, I mean, This this was like uh this was like surge and uh Merc is it Mercury? Uh, yeah. I think when was there. Um, Elixir, Prodigy, uh, Hellion. Mora was on it too. Uh, uh Hellion. Yeah, yeah. The, those guys. The, that book. Yeah. So. If I remember, that team has really gotten like fucked up over the time of the X Men. Like, yeah, oh, Hellion's yeah. hands have gotten cut off, right? Yeah, and then Surge has lost her arms too, right? Yeah, although I, I think she has them back now. I think she's just wearing gauntlets, but there was a point where she didn't have her her, her hands. Yeah, and she was yeah. using her electricity powers to kind of, you know, move the things around. But yeah. it looks like they're real arms again, which I believe because everybody can get, you know reincarnated uh on and kakoa and or, or yeah. restored or whatever you want to call it so like just just for my fun and for my sake let, let's just go over the different generations of x-men real quick like the schools like there's the main school that starts out with like you know cyclops and and Jean gray and beast and iceman and angel and then like there's the other class that has like storm and colossus right that i think they're kind of considered the same generation then the next generation is like the new mutants with like Cannonball and Sunspot and Mirage, all those guys. Then the next generation after that is like Generation X with like Jubilee and uh, Penance, you know what? right? I, I would throw, before we get to Generation X, I would throw like X-Factor, X-Force around there in there somewhere. Right. And as, a, right. as, a, as a generation, uh, I feel like there's a lot of uh, crossover there. Um, and even with new mutants too. Right. Well, but I, I'm just talking about like when it's like the age generation, not necessarily like when it's like okay. a comic book okay. title coming sure. out. Sure. Right. So, so then, okay. So then you got like 
first class, then you got, because uh, I think the first class still kind of counts with like Wolverine and Storm and Colossus and stuff. So you got them. Then yeah. there's the new mutants. Then there's Generation X. Then there is the new X-Men. No, then there's Grant Morrison's new X-Men. Yeah. All those characters. Right. So that's like Dust and Rockslide and iBoy. And right. the, the Cuckoos, uh, Quentin Choir. Right. Beak, and I th- Angel, Angel, whatever, right. you were, wow. Angel 2, whatever. But I think that they consider the, the team with like Bling and uh, like Pixie, right? Yeah, Pixie's another good example. Yeah, that's uh, it kind of is the same generation, I would say, yeah. Same generation, right, right. And then like the newest generation is like where they have um, like Bendis' characters – and then they also have like um uh like that girl that has the antlers. Do you know what I'm talking about? Girl with the antlers. Uh I do. I don't remember her name though. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, there's just a ton of really interesting characters. And I, I did not picture you picking Surge. So I'm I'm that kind of blows my mind. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't pick Monet. Yeah, yeah. Well, believe me, she was my my second choice. It was either gonna be like Micromax. Gorgon or Penance. Those are my choices. So um, we'll see. You know, the poll closes tomorrow night at 11.59. We'll see so the what, results. What, what place is Surge in? Surge is in fourth place. Okay. So maybe she might get a surge in votes. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I think the other thing, the other interesting thing, too, to think about is that, um, you know, after the fact of the first vote last year, uh, they took the remaining characters from the vote and they're actually putting them in a team book called secret x-men so yeah. i'm wondering if, if we'll see the remaining characters here get get a spotlight anyways in some shape or form later down the road yeah yeah and that book is written by uh teeny howard right it hasn't come out yet right uh, no they, they just announced it so i'd be shocked if it came out already okay cool well this is definitely making me want to read some more x-men books and maybe i will uh, i'll have to order them from the library but, uh, dude, I appreciate you going through this whole list with me. And I also appreciate you talking about Book of Boba Fett with me, too. Anytime. Yeah, man. So next week, Brian and I are going to cover episode four of Book of Boba Fett. And then Peacemaker comes out tomorrow night. And so we're going to talk about Peacemaker episode one. Yeah, I'm excited for the show. I, I, I've been seeing commercials for it now. And it looks like it's going to be kind of twisted and fun. Yeah, yeah. I've heard some good things about it, too. So. We'll talk about it next Wednesday at 9.15 Central Time. See y'all.